Welcome to the Dark Depths Podcast, your go-to place for the modern legacy formats. I am one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and I am here with the master of healing himself, Michael Matson. How are you? You know, I'm good, Billy. How are you? I'm doing okay myself. It's uh, nice to be back after a week off. We got to have a little time to relax after, I think both, both of us had a really stressful week last week, besides like preparing for uh, the SCG Baltimore event, just stressful weeks in general, so it's good to be able to take a week off. It's cute that you think I did any amount of preparing. I was, I was like, playing probably more leagues in the past, like, two weeks than I have in, like, six months, I'm gonna guess, like, in terms of volume and, like, frequency and, and like, did you did you play any leagues? Did you practice at all for this event? You know, I, I did play some with various blue-white decks, and then I... I don't know. Marcus said that they were bad against eight cast and painter, and I expected those decks to be popular. So then I played like three matches with depths and was like, "Yep, deck's still capable of winning." And just I don't know. I just wanted to have fun. Okay. Well, I think it's for the best. I don't even know if the blue eight decks are even playable in Legacy right now, but I guess we can talk about that later. Um, no, it's good to good to be able to get down to Baltimore and hang out with you. I know you stayed. All three days, I only got to stay down on Saturday, but it was uh, definitely a fun time seeing seeing people I have not seen in a very long time uh, slinging legacy cards. Yeah, I had a great weekend, which um, I really wanted because you know to, today was like my exam day, so I wanted one last just relaxing. Like I thought a nice relaxing weekend would uh, ease me into it, which you know we'll say it worked because I passed my exam, so I'm going to just thank Legacy for that. Congrats. Uh, but. Um, yeah, the, the weekend was, was super fun. Got to see a bunch of familiar faces, uh, meet some new friends. Like, I played against uh, Tony Scaponi, oh. who is very nice in person. Um, kicked my butt, so I didn't love that part. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I just, yeah, all my opponents were great for the most part. And then got to meet some new faces, got to see some old faces. Hung out a lot with uh, our friend Brayden, who we don't get to see very mm-hmm. often. So it was, you know, some good stuff. Yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, Brayden obviously I think is uh, well known enough in his own right, but um, you know he is someone who moved to the area and then ended up moving down to uh, Roanoke and is now you know Dan Dan and Benny's famous. So uh, being able to actually see him and hang out with him for even for a little bit is just always a treat. So. It's very cool. Uh, do you want to jump into the how your weekend went? I know you played in a couple like modern events. The those was it re? I didn't. I thought you played in like a the re CQs. Is that what they're called? They are called re CQs. Okay. Um, you didn't play in any though. No. No. Oh, you're qualified. I, right? I'm already qualified. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I won. Uh, I won a pine. I mean, like we haven't talked about it on the cast, but I won um, a pioneer event. The weekend before Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, so you're already good. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, um, I, I'm still not... I mean, I have not actually tried to qualify, <laughs> but um, I was... Uh, I know a couple of our friends have been trying to... Well, have been playing more and more trying to qualify because you're qualified now. So it's good to hopefully see that uh, pick up a little bit more. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good times, good times. Picked up uh, a deck that the Zoomers said was cracked. I was like, 
have to trust the Zoomers, and then sure enough, I didn't drop a match, so like, uh, the Zoomers are very smart, <laughs> and, you know, always listen. Uh, but yeah, I, I was planning to play Modern uh, Racy Qs, as they're called, mm -hmm. on Friday and Sunday, but since I didn't have to, it was nice. I got to play for a buy on Friday, Okay. which I, I didn't quite get, but it was nice getting to play some Paper Legacy to shake the rust off before Saturday. Mm. Yeah, the I don't know the it. I'm very excited that we. It seems like I know last couple of weeks. It, I, I'm going to just preface this by the way before we get too far into this, uh, because we haven't we didn't do it last week. I'm so used to talking to you every week. I'm going to make sure I try to repeat some stuff that I think I might have said to you, but that I haven't said to the people listening. So, um, you know there seems to be like a, a shift away from the legacy event we saw that um, there was an announcement talking about uh, that they the team events were, they were not going to have qualification for the legacy seat um, for team events which doesn't affect us for the most part really it has to do more with that NRG because NRG is the one who is actually is running team events with legacy as an option um, but it was you know really cool to see legacy on a large stage rather than um you know a, a 5k here or some kind of weird side event like being d10k uh being the focus was was really neat and a lot a lot of really solid players came out to uh try to you know throw their stuff yeah it, it's funny hearing you say it was nice having legacy be the main event and I, obviously I agree, but I was also talking to a number of, like, modern-only players in the room. Well, not modern-only, but, like, just people who don't play Legacy are like, mm -hmm. man, I wish they hadn't wasted the main event on Legacy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, yeah. two sides to every argument. For sure. I mean, it, it definitely, I feel like in terms of, of modern, uh, especially really Pioneer right now, you get so many options or so many chances to play that format that, like, I... I think you're good, right? Like if you're if you're someone who's like, oh man, I wish we could have played more, more pioneer. It's like you you need to relax. Uh, I think modern, I could at least understand the the reasoning to to want that, but I I, I think we need more legacy love. I think hopefully it seems like a Tales of Adventurer owner uh, Michael Caffrey had posted something about you know you know should we bring back the Eternal Extravaganza or something like that, which would be really sweet, just more large stage legacy events, trying to get more people into the format. Um, it's a sweet format. I mean, like, I think it continues to be really, you know, deep and, and interesting for those who want to get into it, so, uh, but I, hopefully the, some of the modern people you talked to had a little bit of fun playing, playing though. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I mean, everyone I talked to was having a good time playing Legacy, Good. Well, what did what did you end up playing? You said depth, no, right? I just yeah, I just defaulted to nine depths. It went, you know, it went well, but not ideal. So on Friday, I went four and one. Um, I didn't really go four and one. I drew with my round two opponent and chose to concede to them, okay. uh, which is a little bit unlike me. Uh, and it was like a clean one one. It was. So sad. They won game two on turn four in extra turns. Oh, ooh, okay. Yeah, I had a collector oof out. They top decked to the lightning bolt and got there. Okay. Uh, I will say I 
had some misplays that game. Um, if I had played better, maybe I could have stopped them from winning. Maybe I couldn't have. I'm not sure. Uh, but you never know. Uh, but yeah, I won the rest of my matches. So went into uh, went into Saturday feeling pretty good. Took a loss in round two to um, actually. I guess with melee, you can very conveniently see exactly what I played against. Yeah, actually. check up everybody. I, it's which is another amazing thing. I'm just excited to get more events on on this, and I can actually look at people's deck lists and things like that now. So go back to this. Uh, so round one, I played against uh, a somewhat local player, actually Ben Chen on. Uh, is it over? It's funny. I I sit down and he just goes. I drove all the way here. Just to play against you. <laughs> and I was like, to be fair, anytime we play, one of us drove an hour. Yeah, but, that's true. That's true. Um, but, so I got to uh, 2-0. We read Delphi round one. Then round two, I played against uh, Teamer Rhinos, which, that was a beating. Um, apparently, four Brazen Borrower, two Ottawara, one Beseju, Multiple sideboard Blood Moon is like a strong strategy against me. Do, do um, they normally play that much? Is that like stock? That seems yes. like so many. Uh, actually, it's only two Brazen Borrowers. Okay. But, I mean, he also had two Dead Gone, which is kind of Brazen Borrower. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and only one Ottawara. I thought he said that he had two. Okay. But, like, Got a lot of good cards against me. Mm -hmm. um, so that was unfortunate. Got two out there. Then I played against uh, Death Shadow. My opponent was super nice. He said it was his first legacy event. And I was just a jerk. <laughs> I, I cast Choke against him. Uh, he kept being like, untap. No, like, nope, nope. No one tapping those. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, 2-0 Death Shadow, then I played against, like, an actual local, uh, Chaz on Sneak and Shell, where I got, uh, swiftly 2-0'd, and then I played against another friend, Michael Ha, on Elves, uh, which I got 2-0, and then I drew against Is It Delver, which was another local-ish player, actually, <laughs> and... We had a we had, we actually had a really awkward situation. I kind of want to get your perspective on it. Okay. Um, and to be clear, my opponent was very nice the whole time. Uh, I I want to preface this with my opponent was very nice, no hard feelings, nothing like that. Sure. Um, so it's game three. Uh, something my opponent says or does or whatever tips me off. Like, oh no, there's price of progress. That's how I lose this game. So I start to try to get rid of some of my non-basics. And uh, sure enough, my opponent on their turn, uh, I, I need one more turn to be safe from it. And on their turn, they cast Price of Progress. Um, and then they <laughs> crack a, or they crack a fetch, they sanctuary it to the top, and they go, um, so they have exactly three mana available. And they go, I have, or like, I have the brainstorm. And I say, okay. Um, and then, so a second later, they start picking up their cards. And I 
Uh, and, like, they haven't, like, completely picked up their board or anything mm. yet. And I go, so it's a draw. <laughs> and my opponent looks, I'm like, well, Price of Progress kills us both here. Uh, so my opponent uh, then goes, oh, well, I didn't actually cast it. And I was like, <clears throat> well... <laughs> Technically, that is true. Mm-hmm. You did not, or he was like, I, you know, I didn't say I was casting. It. I was like, technically, you did not say you were casting it. Um, but I think the implication here was sufficiently clear. And he's like, well, and I can also just target the lightning bolt, um, and then the lightning bolt is lethal. And I was like, yeah, but like you didn't. <laughs> you targeted the price of progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, so then. The, you know, there was some talk about what's what to do here. I'm I'm curious how you would have handled this situation if you were me. I I would have. I mean, like you put it on top. I I just would have been like, all right, cast the brainstorm. Like I I, I because like especially since you're aware of what's going to happen, I, I think just like walking him down the line. But if they if he starts like collecting his stuff, then it's kind of like <sighs> that's funny. I I'm obviously siding with you here. Like it's definitely definitely their error. Also, if Lightning Bolt was lethal, you, he just should have gotten Lightning Bolt. I don't know why you tried to go for the the trick, the uh, Praise of Progress, but... No, I think I think, I think think you're I think you're right. I think I would just had just gone as soon as he starts collecting stuff, it's like, okay, the draw, let's go on to game four. Yeah, so, so I mean, that's that's kind of where it got awkward, though, is, like, my opponent was like, you know, like, I don't think it's a draw. And, and so eventually, like, kind of what I said was... Like, hey, you know what? I came to this weekend without even necessarily planning to try my heart. Like, not to say I wasn't trying, but like, you know, I came to this weekend kind of not caring about my results. Like, I'm mainly here for fun. Uh, so, like, if you want the win, you can have the win. But, like, I was like, I'm telling you, we've had a very friendly matchup until this point. And I think the implication was, was clear what you were doing. Uh, so, like, if if you want it, you can have it. But, like, from my side, this feels really bad because, like, I think we both know... What the intention was. What, like, what, what yeah, what was happening here. So, like, you can have it. I won't argue. But, like, it's going to leave a very sour taste in my mouth. Uh, and then that's kind of when my opponent was like, you know what, you're right. <laughs> we went to game four, uh, which we then didn't finish. Ugh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, I... Yeah, it was, it was a weird situation. Um, and I'm trying to remember if the brainstorm was... Ex- or, so the bolt, if I remember correctly, wasn't actually lethal that turn, but it set him up to have like guaranteed lethal on his turn. But it's no. actually not guaranteed lethal because of things I could do on my turn. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like... It's just like everything was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be clear, still, no hard feelings... Like, uh, I was, you know, he was nice. I think a lot of people would have done exactly what he did. And I think, uh, you know, when I kind of explained my side, he handled it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, round seven, I played against 12 post. Um, and game two, I got to have, like, turn two, night. Turn three, wasteland, ramming up wasteland. With, you know, wasteland for every turn for the rest of the game. And then game three, he kind of mulliganed. And I did the same thing. I think a turn later, but mm-hmm. still, he like missed on his third land drop, <laughs> and I had wasteland. 
Um, so that went well for me. Which plays like, what, 29 lands or something like that? It plays a lot. Yeah, it was pretty unlikely to miss. Um, I mean, even if they had made their land drop, I think I'm still cool. in good shape there. So, but, yeah, they need like a pithing needle there. The, the missing entirely was like very surprising. Um, then I played against <laughs> a Baltimore player, Kevin King, uh, on he was on like a Jeskai Delphi deck. Uh, and Kevin and I, you know, also friends, had a had a very just like fun match, just like very good natured. Because we're at the point where it's like, okay, well, we're not playing for top eight anymore, mm-hmm. but like we're still in the money, uh, so it's still like worth it to play. But also we're like a little bit more laid back. We're near the end of the day, like we're already friends with each other, um, so we had just like a very enjoyable match. Um, which I was able to take two out, <laughs> but there was one turn in particular where he attacked with, um, I can't remember if it was a Dover or a Dragon's Ray Channeler, but he attacked with a 1-1, mm-hmm. and I've got, like, my 3-4 Reclaimer, and it's game two, and I haven't seen a Lightning Bolt yet, and I'm, like, about to block, and I'm like, no, no, I can't block, like... <laughs> It's like if you have, it's like if you have lightning bolt and I lose the game because of it, I'm gonna be so mad. Mm. And then I was like, but like, I watched your previous round. I didn't see lightning bolt. We've played a full game. I haven't seen lightning bolt. Like, I, like you didn't have the lightning bolt when it was a one two. Like, uh, like I just I don't think you have it in your deck because like I don't know. He's on dress guys, so you could have anything. But it's like I saw delvers, channelers, stone forges, the equipment. I've seen ending and swords. So it's like. You have to make room somewhere, right? Mm. Um, so eventually I decide I'm too much of a wuss to call him on it. Uh, <laughs> sure. And so I don't block, and he's just like, yes, get the... He's like, God, that feels so good, getting the free damage. and just makes you feel so alive, you know? And I'm like, okay, you got yeah. me. Uh, and then the second the second the game ends, he just flips the lightning bolt from his hand and was like, I had it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, thank God. Um, but the... You know, those moments are just so great. Yeah. And then um, round nine, I played against another friend, uh, Michael Plumer, on, uh, like, five-color uh, Yorian Zenith uh, with Natural Order, which Natural Order package is really scary. Um, he was also playing the new uh, the Halfling card. I can't think of its full name. Oh, the, the one that taps for mana for legendary spells and makes them uncomparable? Yeah, um, and he's he said that card had been really good for him all day. Um, he crushed me in game one because he just went like turn three at Traxa, um, which is pretty good, <laughs> really good against most decks. Yeah. Um, and then uh, games two and three, uh, I was able to take though. Uh, so I finished six two one. I uh, got a hundred dollars, which is nice because it paid for my entry on both days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ran it back Sunday where things went a little bit worse for me, but still had an overall good day. I played against uh, more combo on day two, though, which Not great made it a little bit rougher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I beat eight cast round one. Um, I played against Abe Corrigan round two on the Dress Guy Control with the Days Undoing package. Dress Guy Control, beatable. Dress Guy Control with Days, less beatable. Um, and obviously he's a very good player, but very friendly match. Uh, then I played against uh, Rakdos Painter, which I got 2-0. Um, and this was actually 
this player actually top aided the previous day. Um, then I played against Grixis Delver, and I lost in three, unfortunately. I had another awkward moment in, in this match, but my opponent here was just, like, flat out wrong. Um, they had, uh, they had kind of a, th so I'm, I'm very low on life, but I've got a merit lage. I'm at, like, three life, um, and they, I have them wasted off of red, so they have Underground Sea Island. And they pass to me, so I'm like, I know that I am, I have either one or they're slow rolling Brazen Borrower. These are the only two options. Um, they have a very thick accent, and they say, um, and I hear them say, Sylvan Library Trigger. Uh, apparently what they actually said was, are you doing your Sylvan Library Trigger? And I said, yes, although I was just going to draw my one card and move on because it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right, like either I win or I don't. And so they flash in Orcus Bowmaster in response and say, Okay, so you died to Sylvan Library and I'm like, Well, I'm just not gonna draw the cards. Yeah. And I'm like, Well you already said you're drawing them. Uh, <sighs> and I was like, What? no I didn't. So then the, like, you know, we got a judge involved and we're like, Well, this is what I said and I was like, honestly, like, I believe that's what you said, but that's not what I heard, but also it's irrelevant because you decide on resolution of the ability. But they were just like kind of pushing for it a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, um, it was like weird and uncomfortable. Um, so, but I mean, I got the game and then I lost because I f flooded out super hard post board. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got destroyed by Tony Scaponi on <laughs> Mono Black Saga Storm. Uh, yeah. Then I won against Death Shadow again, and then I won against Wheels Combo. Okay. Yeah, the, the model blacklist actually looked really sweet. Um, that was a... I know he had a really good finish on Saturday. Uh, with yeah, Saturday. sick. Yeah, he top-aided Saturday. Um, yeah, the, the deck was sweet. Games 2 and 3, I put a collector oof in both times and was like, please get me there. Game two, he immediately had the fatal push. In game three, I was like, do you have it? He's like, no. Like, this is looking bad. And then he drew for turn. He's like, oh, I have it now. <laughs> 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 like, okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, for those who haven't seen this list, uh, it is, I mean, Mono Black Storm, I think, is a, is a pretty apt name. Um, very heavy discard package. You've got, like, uh, Cabal Therapy, Duresses, and Thoth Seizes. Um, you still are playing the basic storm package, so you have your Infernal Tutors, you've got your Lion's Eye Diamonds. Um, I think the thing that really kind of separates this from like what you would normally expect out of Storm, obviously the lack of blue and the the only red card in the list is one Burning Wish. Um, you're really going heavy on Wish Claw Talisman. Uh, you're going heavy on uh, 24 artifacts, uh, including obviously like. Chrome Mox, Lotus Petal's not crazy, but you do have four Mishra's Bobbles and two Earth's Bobbles to try to uh, get that card, uh, I guess, both the Storm Count up, uh, but also be able to go through your deck without having to uh, devote any more cards to it. Also, I guess it's good for your your Adnoth, right? Like, having a, a zero drop in your deck instead of a one drop you can't cast, um, it actually ends up working pretty well there. So, uh, very interesting list. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, it was very sweet. Mm -hmm. um, for anyone who's more interested in the deck, 
Uh, Tony streams a lot, um, so you can always catch his stream at Tony Scapone. Um, also, he's going to be on Eternal Dirtles this week to talk about his finish. And then we're also going to try to have him on later this summer, too. So lots of places to hear more about him. So, uh, I guess overall, like, did your finish kind of reflect what you thought was going to happen? Is that Were you disappointed with the, with the result or uh, pretty satisfied uh, with the conditions? Um, I mean, I wish I could have won one more match on Saturday or Sunday. Mm. Either day, really. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this was more or less what I expected, right? I thought my deck was relatively well-positioned, but not, like, the best deck in the room. Um, and I just, you know, I know how to play it, obviously, but I have been a little bit out of practice. So it was more or less kind of what I was expecting. I, you know, I was pleased. Like I said... One more win on either day would have been really nice because that would have netted me a bunch more money. Mm -hmm. But, like, I went positive every day, right? Like, I went 4-1, 6-1, 4-3. So, it's... And I had a bunch of fun. I made enough to cover, like... Uh, my winnings on Friday and Saturday covered my cost for all three events. And my room was pretty cheap. So, it's like, I can't really complain at all. Yeah. Good. Uh, how about you? Let's get a rundown of your weekend. Yeah, I mean, mine was relatively straightforward. I, I ended up 6-3, so I guess to pull that band-aid off. Um, I ended up, every match that I won, I won 2-0. Um, and then the matches I lost uh, were against Lands, against uh, Punishing Maverick, and against Sneak and Show. And I, I think... I think I could have played better. I think I could have won the Sneak and Show matchup. Uh, but, like, the playing against Ian Bosley on lands and playing against Mark Strassman on Maverick felt horrible. Just both of those <laughs> felt horrendous. <laughs> um, and part of it, too, is I think post-board I'm used to having uh, something that can at least interact with the graveyard continuously. Uh, and, like, you know, I think we're way past the days of Relic, but Unlicensed Hearth has been kind of my go-to with something that can interact with the opponent's graveyard periodically. Um the thing that I kind of edged towards for this weekend, though, was playing Grafdigger's Cage, because I was concerned about playing against Reanimator. I just, that was a, a deck that was on my ra radar that w I needed to be prepared for. Zenith had been showing up more, at least in my testing online, so that was something I wanted to prepare for uh, in paper. Neither of those decks showed up, like, for me at least. I didn't see any people playing Reanimator. I didn't see any people playing um, Zenith. So those two cards just kind of sat in my sideboard the entire weekend um, and, and didn't really do anything. Uh, so I ended up um, losing to those land matchups, which I think, obviously, they're historically bad, but I think Unlicensed Hearth does make them a little bit more manageable, uh, just being able to actually, you know, turn off the life from the loam, um, eat the punishing fires, uh, eat that tabernacle so it doesn't get returned with life from the loam, like that kind of stuff. Um, not having it was, was bad, uh, was bad for me, so... Um, I think I could have flipped those. I think if I, I think if I had those cards in in my sideboard, I would have had a shot in both those matchups. But as is, I didn't, and got to move on from there. For what it's worth, Reanimator was actually one of the more popular decks uh, on Saturday. Okay. It was the fourth most, sorry, third most played deck uh, behind only Blue Red Delver and 
So fourth is behind Blue Red Delver, Acast, and Cephalid Breakfast. Okay. Um, that being said, it did very poor. So if you started <laughs> off winning, yeah. you probably didn't play against mm-hmm. it because it had a 39% win rate. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I started off 3-0. Um, I lost to Ian on lands in round four. Um, and then I ra- won round five. So I started off 4-1. Um, and then Saul Strassman, Saul Wesley, um, down to 4-3. And then I ended up winning my last two rounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the... So it, it's not like I made a bad call then. It just it just didn't work out in my favor in terms of... Um, I guess the the winner's metagame was not in my favor. Um, but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, like, the only matchup I actually brought in the Grafdigger's Cages for was my round nine matchup. Um, I, I, I brought it in for the Cephalid Breakfast because I was like, they, I guess just to, to preface this, they played, I'm trying to remember, make sure I get this right. They played Island, Ponder, Plains, No Spell. They played Tundra, Swords, and I, like, at this point I had, like, a, a well-developed board at this point, so I was like, I'm gonna force a will that, I think I can kill you in two, and I killed them in two, and, they could, like, I had Wasteland, killed the Tundra, and they just didn't cast any more spells, so I was like, okay. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, I, I just don't know, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I think you're blue-white control. You could be Cephalid Breakfast, but I don't, I don't think that's right, but... It's the only things that would even make sense for in this position, but like you would have expected to see some amount of black banner somewhere, or maybe like uh, a saga or something, and that didn't happen. So I was like, I just, I don't know. We'll just, I'll, I'll hedge. So I, I brought in like uh, Unchained Berserkers. I brought in one, was it? I brought in one cage, and then I brought in the uh, Fourth Indication. So I was just like, I think that's. That's fine. If this is wrong, how wrong could it be? Um, and then in game two, they opened up on um, Saga into Underground Sea. I was like, okay, well, Wasteland, Wasteland. And and that was good enough. But yeah. Um, so I think that was the only thing I would have I would have changed with the deck at least. But I mean, I did end up 6-3. Six, six I, I won... Against uh, Blue Red Delver, uh, Just Guy Control, uh, Red Black Painter, uh, the Bug Scam deck. Uh, I actually got to play against um, a this up and coming player um, new to the uh, Storm archetype. Um, I, I told him to you know if he wants to listen to somebody who's a little more experienced, has a you know knows what they're doing, they should probably talk listen to uh, our friends over at. Um, Eternal Glory, because they do have somebody who is, you know, pretty proficient with the Storm Archetype. Um, but, uh, no, it was, it, was a, it was a good, fun fun match, um, for, for those who don't get the joke. Uh, I played against Brian Cook uh, from Eternal Glory Podcast. Um, and him and I, like, I run into him probably more than I think any other person, uh, as far as, like, non-locals are concerned. Uh, him and I always have a good time, so he's, he's good people. Um, and I, I think he had a, a really strong finish on Sunday, I think he finished in the top four playing Storm, so uh, good on him. Yeah, really strong weekend for that podcast. Uh, since they won on Saturday, Brian Koval won, and then Bryant Cook 
top four in Sunday, like you said. So can we can we talk about um, the Thefflet Breakfast? I know you love the deck. I just like still am not impressed with the deck, and I, every time I play it, I'm just you just further cements why I don't think it's super viable. But then like obviously Brian did fantastic with it. Um, he puts in a ton of work. Um, I actually even said, I think, on Twitter, I, I think he's probably, like, one of the best, like, magic players right now, just, like, regardless of level or or what format. I think he's just one of the best for, uh, players right now. So uh, him winning is not surprising. Um, and look at the deck. It's not anything super crazy. I think the only thing that's, like, uh, someone might consider spicy would be the Orm's Chance in the main deck. Uh, which I, that's very stock. Yeah, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like, there's not really anything super crazy here. Uh, there's the one brazen borrower, um, the two orms chance. Uh, there's retrofit of foundry, staff of the storyteller. Like, those aren't those aren't none of those are crazy choices there. Um, but you know, he plays he plays very tight magic. I guess I sat right next to him. I think in round uh, four. Um, he just plays good magic, um, ended up with a really strong finish, though. Good, good on you, Brian. Good job. Yeah, so I didn't actually get the chance to watch any of his games. Um, I think one of the things with Breakfast is when the deck loses, I think it often looks really bad. Mm. Um, right? And there, there's some decks that are like that, um, and I don't think that necessarily means anything good or bad about the deck. It's just it just is. When you lose, the deck looks embarrassing. Um, Green Black Depths was another one of those where it was like, when when they had it, it was just like, oh, my deck looks like trash. But then also like, you know, I was <laughs> winning way more than I was losing at the time when that deck was good. So it's like, it just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do have to play some kind of weaker cards in your deck. I also think that. In addition to that, um, the deck, I you know, it, it's not like rocket science, right? Like, you're not doing anything over-the-top complicated. But I do think it very much rewards you for knowing how to play the deck. Yeah. Like, I think the difference between a good cephalid breakfast player and a bad cephalid breakfast player is very high. Um, so I think when you see some people just, like, picking it up for the first time, and they just, like, run out of Nomads and core and then it just gets killed, and then, like, two turns later, they run out their Cephalid Illusionist, and it gets killed, and, like, there's just, like, no real effort to get them out at the same time. Like, that doesn't work. Like, certain certain permanent-based combo decks, you can kind of just, like, play your creatures and, like, hope to, <laughs> like hope it works out, and sometimes it's fine because the creatures are beefy enough. Like, the creatures in this deck are very fragile. They die to everything. Mm. Um, so, like, your sequencing matters a fair bit. Uh, you have to know how to get out of awkward situations with like the dread return ending up in your hand, which obviously the most answer, most common answer is brainstorm it away, right? Yeah. But like, I think um, there's a big difference from the players who get what they're doing with the stack and the players who don't. And I, you know, when the players don't know what they're doing, I think the deck looks like trash. But I just don't think that's representative of the deck as a whole. Uh, my, you know. As you mentioned, I'm a big fan of this deck. Um, 
I've played a lot of different versions of it, so I've played with the Orm Chance, without the Orm Chance, I've played with the Stoneforge Mystics, I've played with the Aether Vials, I've played with the Baleful Strikes, i played with the Yorion, which I hated that version. <laughs> um, it was... It was rough. Unneeded. It was... It was very rough. It was just like I was playing Death and Taxes, which I'm not good at Death and Taxes, and then it just, like, had the combo in it, but, like, you never drew two parts of the combo <laughs> because you were playing an 80-card deck. Yeah. Um, but you have fourth deck anyways. through. What more could you want? Yeah. Um, so I, I just think there's a big difference. I think knowing how to navigate games is very, very important mm. with this deck. I think... You get people who sit down and they're like, this is a control deck. I will play it as a control deck. And that doesn't necessarily work. And I think you get people who sit down and they're like, this is my combo deck. I'm going to try to turbo combo you, which you can do. But if you're playing a build closer to like what Brian's playing, which is you know very close to the build I like, then I don't think that necessarily works out either. Like It's very much a deck where you have to be able to pick your role and you need to know what's going on. I think in many ways... Uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but like in some ways the play patterns are similar to um, to Nia Depths, where it's yeah. like you really need to, but like you really need to know like what am I doing in this matchup, and you need to know like when you're pivoting to the combo and when you're not. Like I I've beaten a lot of people by just being like, here's two Narcomibas with a Shuko on it. Um, that sounds really bad to people, but like. I don't know. When I do it, it feels very easy and natural. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't think everybody understands how to play those games, and I think that's really what a lot of it comes down to. Yeah, I, there's a lot of the situations that I've that I've seen at least, um, the, just like the comparison to Nia Depth, where it's just like, okay, I'm I, I can beat this deck. I can beat these tokens. I I can clear the board. I've got a meltdown that can kill the the Retrofitter Foundry and the two staff of the Storytellers, they won't be able to draw the extra three cards. So let me tap three mana, I'll kill all of those. And, oh, they just had Nomad Illusionist in hand. Oh, I'm just dead. Okay, well, at least I have Force of, I have, at least I have force of Negation. Oh, they have Force of Will. Oh, so they could have Force of Will my, my, the Meltdown, they just didn't care. Okay. Okay, like, that's a lot of the games that I've seen, um... That's, that's what happened, right? You you just focus so hard on one aspect of the deck that when you get, you know, when they decide, that's not what I'm doing anymore, it's, it's way too late, and you end up losing to the giant construct token from Urza Saga, or you end up um, missing the fact you can't counter the, the tutor spell, the step through, right? Um, and then you end up getting got by uh, an illusionist that you didn't expect, even though that Nomad in Core has been on the battlefield since turn one. Um, you were so focused on the Saga they played on turn two, so... It, it really is a very flexible deck, I guess is probably the best way to say it. Um, it I just haven't... And once again, maybe it is actually because, like, when you watch uh, Brian Koval play it, you're, you're watching literally a master at work, and you, you see, he sees every line, he understands the positioning. A lot of times when I see people playing it, they, they are really just running things out, and it's like Lightning Bolt, Chain Lightning, Days... Okay, here we go. Like, they're not, they're a lot more non-game than I was, I was I'm not going to out the person I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody over, over the weekend, and it was the same thing. They're like, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever lost to that deck. I'm like, I don't think I've, I, I might have lost a game on Delver playing that deck, against this deck, but I don't think I've ever lost a match, like, 
God cannot imagine. Um, it just the, the definitely does reward you a lot for understanding the lines. I think a lot more than any other deck uh, in the format right now. It's funny to hear Delver players saying they've never lost it because I think my record against Delver is pretty good with the, with the deck. Uh, granted, there's definitely some builds that are better than others against um, Delver. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think the current build is one of the better versions against it, right? Like I think when we were on like four Baleful Strikes, that was the best version at beating Delver. Sure, yeah, for sure. I um, yeah, that matchup's not. You know, it's not like the one that you see and you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be a buy. But it's certainly not one where you see and you're like, oh god, this again. Yeah, I have not been afraid, concerned. I don't, whatever other war from the, uh, the Thoris you want to say, like I, I've never been worried about that matchup. Uh, maybe, like honestly, maybe I'll try to see if I can ask Brian to like play play some matches and see if, if it's, if I'm just making it up or not, because once again, I think maybe with the higher higher skill on the other side, it would be more concerning matchup. I just like don't get how that deck's playable still. Um, but and I I've played it. I've done a couple leagues with it myself, and I think I I think it went like four one three two two three or something like that. But like I don't know, whatever it it works. Um, I know you said it had a pretty good win percentage. I, I think over the weekend though. Yeah, I mean. It did. Uh, noticeably, it was better on Sunday, despite the fact, you know, Brian won the event on Saturday. Although, you know, the information doesn't necessarily include the top eight games, mm -hmm. so maybe with that it changes. I don't know. But uh, it did also top eight on Sunday. Our friend Paul Lynch top eighted. So, um, but let me see if I can find it again. Uh, do do do. Yeah. Cephalid Breakfast. Uh, so it had a 58% win rate on Saturday. Okay. Um, which is definitely good. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, do I not have the Sunday event open anymore? There it is. Uh, Sunday, it had, I want to say 63. 62.79. Um, okay. That's pretty solid. And, you know... These are small-ish sample sizes. It was uh, it was actually the most played deck on Sunday, and uh, among the top four played decks on I think it was the second most played deck on Saturday. So sample isn't nothing, but you know even even what we have is still pretty small. So uh, kind of moving away from the the winners of the event, right? I, I think one of the cards going into the weekend that people were excited about, I guess is probably the best way to say it, uh, was Orcish Bowmasters, uh, which is one of the car new cards we're getting from the Lord of the Rings set. Um, for those who have not seen this yet, uh, or are not currently on Twitter, because it is uh, in the CEDH realm, it is definitely getting a lot of attention there, which is super fun. Um, Orcish Bowmasters is a generic and a black for a 1-1 Orc Archer. It has Flash. Uh, when Orcish Bowmasters enter the battlefield, and whenever an opponent draws a card, except for the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, Orcish Bowmasters deals one damage to any target, then amass Orcs one, um, which is like the army, right? So, this was a card that people were looking at as, you know, is, how good is this card actually? Is this something that we are concerned about? Um, you know, what kind of shell could we see this in? And I think 
it, it pops up in a lot of different places. Um, one of our, if I can find the list, um, Chris Reinhardt uh, actually ended up with a 7-2 finish um, in the 10K, uh, ended up playing three copies uh, in his main deck, which ended up doing pretty good for him. I think he 5-0'd one of the uh, trials on Friday and ended up 7-2-ing on Saturday. It's fantastic. Um, he said that the card was very good, even though he was playing a lot more fair matchups. Um, it still had its, its good spots there. Um, and the other one that I have seen it in a lot of decks for, I guess, was the Red Black Painter and Delver. Uh, people playing Grixis Delver and playing Red Black Painter, uh, being able to get that. And I think if you're playing Red Black Painter, you also get, uh, I can't remember what the card's actually called. Um, Chaos Defiler. Chaos Defiler, yeah. Which I think that card's messed up. is messed up. It's pretty sweet, uh, but it's another spot where Orgshow matches like a three of, uh, and the Chaos Defiler continues to be, to be a beating from the uh, Warhammer 40k set. So, uh, any any I know you didn't play it in your deck, obviously, but uh, what were your thoughts about Orcish Bowmasters over the weekend? Uh, so a lot of different things. First, I. Uh, since you mentioned Red Black Painter, I want to point out that that deck uh, did absurdly well on Saturday. Um, it had over a 70% win rate with like multiple pilots, which is very unusual. It had one copy in top 8 and two more copies in top 16, and then another copy in 19th. Uh, <laughs> if you include the other painter list, like uh, Mono Red and Red White, then the numbers go down a lot. Okay. But Red Black is... Red Black it up. Uh, I think a lot more of that was cast to Filer than Orcish Bowmaster, but I can't know for certain. Uh, I will say, I heard very mixed things about Bowmaster. Um, from what I saw, it didn't look impressive, but I didn't see many of the games where it would have, in theory, been good, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, I, I was... I was not super impressed. I will say, I had somebody, I went turn one, green sun zenith for a dried arbor, and I got that shot. Um, so that was, that was annoying. Yeah. But, you know, it's not good against my deck. I don't really draw many cards. Like, I have Sylvan Library and Men's Boo, and especially, like, if my opponents won Delver, I board out both of those cards anyways. Um... I did hear stories of it tagging Brainstorms. I heard stories of it tagging a Gristle Brand. Um, I didn't hear any stories of it getting played against Cephalid Breakfast, but I will say uh, it might single-handedly kill Cephalid Breakfast after we were just talking about the deck being better than you give it credit for mm. because it literally kills every creature <laughs> in the deck, uh, which is really rough. Um, but, yeah, I, I was hearing, I don't know, I heard various things. My friend tried out, I believe, like, white-black death and taxes on Sunday, and he said it was really good there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I still don't really know what to make of this card. Yeah, I mean, like, playing playing Delver obviously attacks a lot of things, creatures in that deck as well. I mean, just, you know, I think being able to hit a Delver, being able to hit a, a Dragon Race Channeler is good enough, but, like, even hitting the Brazen Barrer itself is pretty nice. It, you just, and this sounds really, really reductive, you just don't cast the cantrips when they have the mana available and you can't protect 
them. That's that's it. That's the that's the whole tweet. There's nothing else. Um, like I had an opponent who had a bowmaster, I think, for like three three or four turns, and I was just like, "Yep, cool. Just keep playing magic cards." And eventually, they got to a position where they had to block, and then I brainstorm, brainstorm, ponder. Like I, I think the bowmaster is really good when you're ahead, but it's not good when you're behind. Like unless you unless your opponent for some reason just plays into it. Uh, or, you know, can't avoid it, uh, you just don't let them do it, and then you can pull out of it, and when it's finally off the battlefield, you're able to hopefully clean up. Um, the come to play effect, I think, is, is definitely the big pull for the card. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. I, I had a couple opponents play it against me, um, both out of... Uh, just go back to my, my results real quick. Um, both out of... What's the one deck called? Uh, the Red Black Painter. Um, and then also... I can't remember what the second one was. I, uh, there was another deck, too, that played it. But it was fine. I, was, I don't know. I think I think a lot of it is that people kind of treat it like... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right name of it. Uh, Opposition Agent and Hullbreacher, like their first week or two, where people just like don't understand that they're holding up two mana for a reason. Like, I, I think because it's two mana too, it's a little more obvious. Uh, opposition Agent, I don't blame anybody for, because Opposition Agent uh, off of a Dark Ritual is just like, wh who could have predicted this? Uh, but I, I do think the Bowmaster is a little obvious in the spots that, that I've seen it at least. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, I'll definitely be curious to see how it develops. I think it will be something that probably hangs around, but like not in the numbers we're seeing it at mm -hmm. at first. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm exci I'm excited. I mean, like I, I think cards like that are really interesting for the format. I think I think Cold Breacher, you know, when we obviously was around for a long time before we started seeing like the days on doing the decks come around uh, and get popular, but. It, it's fun to have a card come into the format and kind of change your know, heuristics. Like, oh, well, how do I do this? When do I do this? What should I be watching out for? Um, having something that actually means, okay, well, we need to think about this. Let's be a little bit more aware about, about how what we do in the situation and why. Uh, I think that only allows the format just to be a little bit more interesting than anything. So I, I am excited to kind of see that. Right, and I think past that, I know uh, we do have kind of like a, a lull in terms of like events are concerned. Um, you know, we have we've gotten through SCG Baltimore. I think the next big event for you is going to be the. Are you going to Cincinnati? Did you decide that? I I am not going to Cincinnati. I am just constantly upset every time I see somebody talk about it because I want to go. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, no, like I would have to, what did I say? I would have to like top four in order to cover the cost of the flight or top six, I think it was. And that's, um, you know, it's doable, but that's, uh, the big ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit much. Um, no, I, um, I'm going to go play some modern 
uh, on Sunday. I'm very excited for that. Uh, so we could definitely talk about modern some too. Seen some shakeups. I am probably not going to deal with any of the new cards, but I do think a number of them will actually shake things up. Um, but uh, so I'm going to play modern on Sunday. Uh, on Saturday, I'm judging an RCQ. Then next week, hopefully, I will be judging an RCQ because I think there's one in the area that I don't know if there's a judge attached to it oh, yet. Okay. Um, so I will try to claim it if I can. Um, and then uh, I've got like two weeks in a row of weddings. And then, um, but I, then I don't know that I have events until the next round of RCQs starts. Uh, I am considering going to Vegas, but okay. I, no, not positive. I think are are you playing the uh, showcase challenge on Saturday? Um, I am not because I'm judging. An You're RCQ. judging an RCQ. That's right. Okay. Yes, I forgot showcases for this weekend. I'm kind of annoyed that I'm going to go play modern <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, for for those who are unaware, because it, it kind of caught me off guard, because I feel like it always happens so quickly back to back. Um, but the last month has been kind of crazy for both of us. I think um, the modern. Showcase Challenge is on Saturday. Uh, that is at, let me see, I guess that'd be 11 o'clock uh, a.m. for us on the East Coast. Uh, and then Pioneer is on Sunday. Next week, it's Pauper on Saturday and Legacy on Sunday. So I've, I've just got to debate which one I want to play. I, I don't think I can, I, I probably could muster up enough QPs if I wanted to try, but um, I've got... It's the summer. You've got no excuse I, now. Yeah, I've got a lot a lot more time. Um considerably a lot more time obviously i've been uh off school for about a week now and i am uh, already bored uh, <laughs> so um no I, I am planning on playing either pioneer or sorry either modern or legacy i haven't quite decided yet but uh, one of the two uh maybe i'll try to do modern i'll, now. I'll play the legacy one the legacy one seems so okay so this is my this is my honest thing uh my I think my chances are better in Legacy. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun playing Modern. I'm having a lot of fun playing Legacy too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I just I feel like I would have a, a more t enjoyable time spending all day playing Magic on a Saturday than I would playing Magic all day on a Sunday with my with my children and and all that. So I don't know. It's a, it's a debate. It's a debate. I'll. I'll I've got some time, so I'll, I'll think about it. But that is that is the one I'm trying to, uh, I guess, figure out the the best. Um, what was the other one I want to say? Oh, um, also, for those who don't know this, uh, they're making some changes for the Pauper Leagues. Um, so Pauper's next league that starts today will only run two weeks until July 5th. Once we move to Mox Season 3 and Pauper rotates away from being a Mox format, replaced by Standard... We will introduce a lower price price point for Popper League, six event tickets or sixty play points. Prices will be adjusted to ratios in line with the current prize table. We'll provide more details in two weeks. Uh, which I know Popper is one of those formats that a lot of people seem to to play. It's a, it's a easy format to buy into, and um, it seems to be like a good secondary format for people. Uh, but since they're moving to standard, uh, that is something that is going to you know, be a factor for some people. I think a lot of uh, offhand legacy folks 
in modern folks. But yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it. I'm not sure if there's anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here. Modern. Oh, right. Modern. So what do you think about playing in modern? Uh, I mean, I am probably not going to give it much thought and just play Breach. Uh, I will probably play Combo Breach because I like it more than I like Fair Breach. But I also have Fair Breach built right now, so I might play that. Um, I am hearing a lot of very good things about the One Ring and Tron. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to stoop to that level. It's not me. But <laughs> sure. uh, apparently it's really good. Yeah. And I, you know, I could believe it. Um, uh, Ryan... Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas, a.k.a. Tron is bad. Um, well, I think Nicholas is actually his middle name. Uh, I'm not positive. Um, but anyways, Ryan, a.k.a. Tron is bad, is uh, very local to me now. So he was telling me last night about how, um, how messed up it is in Tron. Uh, and I'm sure he will try selling me more on it as time goes on. But I will not listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so Mason Clark has been working on Sahili combo with um, the the halfling that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. and that actually sounds very much up my alley. Uh, and I think I own the cards. I'm not positive. Um, actually, I don't think I own them, but I'm sure I could get them yeah. by by Sunday. Um, and so that sounds kind of fun because uh, you get to play with a mana dork that doesn't die to run in six. Uh, your one of your combo pieces is a legendary planeswalker, so being able to make it uncounterable is really nice. Uh, so I really like the look of that deck. Permanent base combo is very up my alley. Um, I really like the sounds of the Samwise Gamgee food decks, mm -hmm. right? Because like, I mean, you just the card basically slots into an Asmo shell, and I have gone on record numerous times saying I really like the Asmo decks. I think they're underrated. And you basically get to play a bunch of cards you would play anyways. Um, the card seems fine on its own when it's not comboing, and so you just have to add, like, one Viscerous Ear that you wouldn't play uh, as, like, a finale target, or one other creature you can sack things to. Uh, so I guess Carrion Feeder would also be an option. Mm -hmm. um, but you just, like, get to, get to add that pretty freely into that deck, and that seems really good to me. Uh, so I'm interested in that. Of course, there's always the argument for just playing Creativity or Rhinos, because they're like the best performing things. Yeah. If those are the best performing things, it means living in just also a great choice. Um, Could I interest you in, a, in, a, in another option? Potentially. Could we play Footsteps of the Gorio? In our Athmo deck. No, I think I think the Protean Hulk build is just worse than playing it as like green black rock. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm sad about it too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I like I don't like the words I just said, but unfortunately <laughs> I believe them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I had a couple ideas for like playing like a like a red black list that kind of focused on just like getting getting that into the graveyard and then returning it either with persist or with uh, footsteps. Um, just to, in, you know, I guess for people at home, I know you know what's going on here, but um, if Protean Hulk dies, you get six, six mana of stuff, so you can get uh, Samwise, 
um, cauldron familiar, uh, a fat creature, but you can also go get like some form of protection. Uh, I'm thinking just getting uh, with the two mana, uh, the, thi- the the silence grand grand abolisher, yeah. Um, just so you could just win win from there without uh, interruption, like outside of uh, Ottawara, but. Uh, that's kind of what I was thinking, but I, I don't know if that's actually viable or not. Yeah, uh, for for full clarity, because neither of us has done this yet. Um, if you have Samwise Gamgee, is it Gamgee or Gamgee? I don't Gamgee, actually remember. Yeah. Uh, so Samwise Gamgee, Holdren uh, Familiar, and a Sack Outlet, uh, you get to deal infinite damage to an opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, like the. So Samwise allows a creature coming to play, makes a food, um, you sacrifice the or you sacrifice that to bring up a cat, the cat comes in, makes a food, you sack the cat, you have the food, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, pretty neat. I mean it's it is something that I'm looking at and playing in uh, CDH. Um, but it's also something that I think is reasonable for for modern, I, I think at least uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the show would look like, but, like, there's a lot of decks I, that are similar to that already. I, I'm pretty sure it's just the green-black Asmo deck. Like, you already had a food shell, and then you have a card that's, like, sacrifice three foods, add, like, mm-hmm. return a card from your graveyard to your hand. And, like, being able to return Asmo is really good, yeah. right? Being able to return a, um, a Witch's Oven is really good. So I, I just, like, it slots in so free, like... Oh no, you have to, like, change your mana base slightly. Whatever. By the way, I'm going to lose my mind if someone sacrifices three foods and gets back a um, <laughs> Urza Saga. I'll be furious. Uh, <laughs> just, to, just to put that out there. Also a thing you can do. Yep. Like, the deck's full of historic cards already. It, like, uh, it just, it makes so much sense. Yeah. I do not have finales, uh, but if I did, I would almost certainly be playing that deck on Sunday. Yeah, I think... I don't know if I still have finales. I know I have two. I have two. Maybe I have three. Maybe I have four. I don't know. I, I have... I basically got rid of most of my cards um, because I was like, I'm not using them anyways, but like I actually still have them from EDH decks. So I might actually still have a playset of those, but I, I'll have to check. Um, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm interested to see what that deck ends up. I, I think in terms of things that I'm probably going to play myself... Um, like, and once again, I'm, I'm 95% to play either Delver or, not Delver, well, basically Delver, right? Um, the blue, uh, blue red mark tide, or I'm going to play Shadow. Um, but I did see the Twiddlestorm deck. Did you see that in Modern? Oh, that deck is, that deck is something. I, yeah, I, I watched some of NASA's stream. Okay. Um. You, you're not allowed to play that deck. It's, it's not a, not a me deck. No. I will time out. Uh, yeah, so, for those, it's, it's a, basically the modern de- combo, right? Like, you're playing Tome Scour, um, and you're playing Twiddles, you're playing Underworld Breach, and you're playing, um, the Lotus Field. So you're just cycling through your deck, you get to the last card, um, and then when you essentially finish up with the Grape Shot, um, generating mana. It's not, it's not a Grape Shot deck. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there's decks that. Are we talking about the? Are we talking about the Matt Nass deck? Well, I, well, the, did Matt Nass play a version that played? Um... Matt Nass top forward a challenge this weekend playing sixty seven card, 
Uh, no, this is a different... Singleton, oh, we're talking about two different we are. At Excolor. He's got Singleton Lotus Field, Abundant Harvest that you can find it, a bunch of Twiddles. He's a go- Goblin Charbelcher Gamer. Uh, wishes, so you can wish for uh, Underworld Breach to go off with your Tome Scours. You can wish and then just have Pact of Negation there as, like, protection. <laughs> you can... You can do a lot of things. He's got four ambulance to go with the Lotus Fields. Free cross the path sets up a very consistent kill. Um, yeah, this is a whole different afternoon. Nice. This, is not what, this is not what I signed up for. Uh, I, well, you're, you're not allowed to play either of these. No, things. I think yeah, I think either one of them is bad for me. Um, I, I timed out playing Zenith, so I think anything that includes a lot of clicks is probably not my uh, strong suit, but. Um, I, I did like this little storm deck. I think that one's pretty sweet. Um, I do like the idea of playing this. Um, I mean, this is just a, a kind of a, a refined charbelcher deck, right? It's it's less um, all in and actually has like a, a good backup plan. I, probably not my cup of tea, right? But it's a, definitely something I can imagine being being successful. And obviously, Matt Nass is Nass is a very good combo player, so. Him being finding success with it is not surprising. Yeah, it is worth noting he had said like he had said on stream his results with the deck so far had not been impressive. Uh, he was like, yeah, like I've gotten like some two threes, some three twos, like a four one, and then he just went like X one through the challenge. So like, it, I don't know. Watching it, it looked good, but I'm not sure if it's good. You know, it's one of those. Um, Going back a few minutes ago, though, you said Murktide. Have you seen the blue-red scam deck? I have. Or do you have any consideration of playing that? I, I need to try it still. Um, I, I did see... I forget who, what the the person's name is, um, but they've been like kind of hyping it up on online. At, it looks good. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it it's blue-red. So instead of obviously the red-black version that's playing the uh, Bane Depth and... Uh, Malik- Malakir rebirth and things like that. Uh, you are going down on the number of things that actually allow you to, you know, get the scam effect. Um, but you get to play slip out the back, which I like slip out the back. I think that, I think that card is just solid. I, I played it in the standard uh, mono blue deck, and you know, in that deck, it's very impressive being able to remove essentially counter spell a creature or a removal spell, but also make a creature larger when it comes back in. Um, you're doing the same thing here where you're just going to go Fury and then flip out the back. You miss the sacrifice and comes back into play the next turn and it's, well, I guess your next turn and it's bigger, which, which is huge. So, um, I, I like that deck actually, but I don't, that's one of those ones I have to see because I, the only things I've seen have been the, the leagues that the, uh, the person who I cannot remember their name and I, you know, apologize, but, um, the only things I've seen have been the videos that they've put up, and I don't know if that's the videos that they've made, and they conveniently happen to be five O's, or if they're just print, uh, posting their five O's. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I know Twinless Twin has also played it. I know that he was not the first person to play it, but I'm also blanking on who I saw first play it. Uh, supposedly, it is good, um, but I. Like you, I kind of haven't actually seen one way or the other. I would I would believe it. I mean, 
it looks like it's doing a lot of powerful things. Like it does a lot of things Murktide does, mm -hmm. uh, which has never been my favorite deck. But just putting like a four four Fury into play on turn two can only ever be oh so bad. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a lot of the the having to not play a deck full of Malakir Rebirth is just upside because I one I hate that card. Uh, but two, it's also one of those things where, like, your deck has to be kind of built around it. Um, I think it is good, though, like, when you're playing things like the Pyre, uh, you know, the Pyromancer, right? And being able to, you know, it dies, you block with it, whatever. Oh, I'm going to draw two more cards. Like, that's fantastic. But, you know, I, I think there's enough, enough incentive not to have an effect like that. Like, I think I'm okay being a little bit a little bit more protected against things like uh not endurance um like opposing fury is being able to get your creature out of there if you need to uh being able to well, i can't solitude there we are uh, you know predict your creature from being hit by solitude or being hit by uh prismatic ending i think that's really nice and those exile effects obviously i think are a little more prevalent right now uh just because we're seeing a lot of people playing like the four and five color decks that have the Leyline Binding. So Slip Out the Back is, I think, really, really nice there. I, but I don't know. I, honestly, I'm not sure. I, I think that's a, a deck that I can imagine being very powerful, but I, I really do need to see that, I think, in action myself. Uh, it's Tyler BMTG. It's a um, the YouTube account, at least. Um and looking at the videos, uh, making sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah, it's just the one video from two weeks ago. 40k views, which is great, but uh, it's the only video I've seen of it being played. So it, it obviously looks very good where every video that's ever been posted with the deck is a 5-0. But I'm sure, like you said, Twinless Twin, I'm sure has some something of it on, uh, on there. Uh, Twitch, I could probably find. But I'll try that. I mean, like, I... So my, my goal, I guess, um, in terms of decks I want to try for Modern this week, um, I do want to go back and replay my... Uh, what's that... What's her name? Um, Cissé deck. Um, because I, the del Delighted Halfling, the one we were talking about, the one-drop that makes legendary spells uncounterable, um, that slots out very well into a deck that's filled with Planeswalkers and, and Legendary Creatures. Um, so I'm going to uh, try to play that again. I'll try playing this game deck. Uh, I like, might as well. Um, and then I think I'm going to try to play... Um, there was a red-black shadow list that uh, Bruno uh, Mini Miniaro uh, ended up playing. Um, it's, you know, it, it's traditional red-black. Um, you're getting to play things like... And it's kind of like a, a mix between Shadow and Scam, because you are playing uh, Death Shadow, you're playing uh, Grief and Fury, uh, but you do have, like, a couple copies of Fane Death, um, Malakir Rebirth, Undying Evil, that, that package. But you also do get Obnixilis, the adversary, which is pretty sweet. Um, so you can, if you are so inclined, you can actually, you know, Scam your Fury or your Grief on turn one or turn two, Um if you can wait until turn four, you can play Obnixilis, and then you can also feign death your Fury again, so that way when you sacrifice it to the cat casually from the Obnix, you actually get it back again. 
uh, which can obviously be pretty backbreaking. So uh, I, I want to try out this list. This seems like a very, very neat shell. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, Mapson, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Expedition Map on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me writing each week for QuietSpeculation.com. Uh, New articles come out Thursday. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me at Bad Luck Bandit on Twitter. If you're interested in finding the show, we are at Depth underscore podcast on Twitter as well. Um, thank you, as, as always, to our patrons who continue to support us. It's huge, and we appreciate it so much. Uh, we are looking forward to the summer. I mean, we've got a lot of people we're trying to get lined up uh, for the next couple of weeks, and we'll have them in, we'll have them out. Uh, but if there's anybody that you want to hear, especially if you are one of our lovely patrons, uh, let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Patreon, and we'll try to see what we can do. I, I think the summer is the perfect time to get, you know, some different guests in. And uh, I, I don't know. We had uh, Joe Cherry's on uh, two weeks ago, uh, which was a, a really great episode. But, you know, it allows us to do something uh, something a little different. So looking for looking for different right now. Uh I guess I'll see you next week. See you next week. All right.